Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Listening to the British Ice Hockey Podcast, available every week on Audio Boom, the iTunes Store, and from BritishIceHockey.co.uk. Hello, and welcome to this week's British Ice Hockey Podcast. And coming up on this week's show, we're going to be looking back at our last weekend's results in the Elite Ice Hockey League. We're also going to be talking about a very, very busy festive period. We're going to be hearing from the head coaches at the Coventry Blaze, at the Raiders, at Streatham, and we're also going to be talking about the Under 20s World Championship coming up in January. All of that and loads more on this week's British Ice Hockey Podcast. So, ho, 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 Merry Christmas, everybody, and welcome to the last British Ice Hockey Podcast of 2019. Loads of interviews coming up on this week's show, as we said there in the preview. We're going to be joined shortly by Ice Hockey UK's Chris Ellis to talk about uh, that upcoming Under-20 World Championship in Lithuania, which is going to be live on Free Sports in early January. We're also going to be joined by the head coaches at the Raiders and at Streatham, and we're going to be joined by Danny Stewart, head coach at the Coventry Blaze. But before that, there's only one place we can turn to, and that's to look back at all of last weekend's results in British Ice Hockey. And to do that, on Monday, I caught up with BritishIceHockey.co.uk's very own. Here's Mr Craig Anderson. Uh, Merry Christmas to you, Craig, and thank you for for joining us on on this week's show once again. Uh, Let's talk about uh, the weekend's results then in the Elite Ice Hockey League. And uh, Christmas number one. Is obviously the Sheffield Steelers, uh, 36 points from 28 games. Uh, on Saturday, they beat uh, the Glasgow clan by five goals to three. And uh, on Sunday, they followed up with a 5-1 victory up in Glasgow against the aforementioned clan. It's been a pretty good first half of the season for the Steelers, I'm going to suggest. Yeah, yeah, it has been. Um, you know, and Alan Fox was obviously delighted um, with how the weekend panned out um, for, for his team. You know, they, they've had their issues. Injuries have been at the forefront of it, due, largely due to D-men 
Um, I think one or two forwards have, have, have suffered as well with injury along the way, but they, they've got the strength and depth in that particular area um, where it doesn't maybe um, affect them as much defensively, certainly, which is why you've seen them bring in two or three guys along the way. But it hasn't really harmed the, the sort of harmony of the team. Top of the, the table, you can't argue it with league tables certainly most of the time. Um, but bear in mind, they have played a few more games more um, than, than Cardiff and, and Belfast and Guildford uh, behind them. So, you know, where that's going to see them in the fullness of time, I don't know. But they were two big wins uh, against Glasgow. Glasgow are a team they've struggled against, actually, in the last uh, couple of years. Um, doing, doing my uh, research ahead of the, the game for my own commentary stint for, uh, for, for the clan, um, before the weekend, Clan had won the last six meetings between them, won eight out of nine previously. Um, so, you know, Steelers, to try and turn that around, needed a couple of victories this weekend, and they got them. Played very well. Um, they can be very happy with their, their weekend's work, and, well, they can they can enjoy their Christmas dinner, knowing they've absolutely thoroughly deserved it. Yeah, they, they really have, and uh, entertaining as well. Um, highest goal tally in the, in the league so far, 122, and uh, the worst defensive record in the top five, which I, I quite like. I, th- I think that's admirable more than anything. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, anyway. yeah, yeah, again, it just goes back to what I was saying. They've got, they've got the strength and depth in the offensive lines. You look at the names that, that they've got. You know, Mark Olivier Valorant is, is a proven elite league scorer. Um, Brendan Connolly, a proven elite league scorer. John Armstrong has been known to stick them in the net. Robert Dowd's having a great season. Unfortunately for, for Dowdy, it looks as though um, he's going to be out long term. Um, with a dislocated shoulder and an a damaged ACL joint was what I read on the press release. Um, he was getting surgery on that today. That being Monday, as we record this, so we wish him all the best. That's obviously going to be an issue for GB further down the line as well. But you know, as I say, the Steelers have got that defensively. They've been a bit, you know, guys in and out and um, leaving and coming in and getting injured and everything else. And that's why you're seeing that statistic: high scorers and and not so good defensively. But hey, the bottom line, as long as they're scoring more than they're letting in, that's the main thing. Yeah, exactly. And uh, you mentioned the Cardiff Devils; uh, they've had a good weekend too, uh, and uh, they're in the slipstream of of Sheffield, uh, two points back with four games in hand. Certainly, ones to watch. I'm going to suggest for 2020. Uh, two great results for Cardiff over the weekend beating uh, Belfast in Belfast uh, on Saturday by four goals to two and following that up on Sunday with a home win against the Manchester Storm by three goals to two. Um, considering the, the up and down nature of Cardiff up at the start of the season with the, the CHL stuff and uh, and the late start for the, the domestic campaign they're, they're heading into 2020 with a bit of a spring in the step. You know, it's a far cry from what we saw three or four weeks ago. And I remember we spoke about this, Ben, that the fans losing their heads because they, they lost a couple of games to Belfast over there. Um, all of a sudden, people were, were were panicking, and you know, and you know, even the guys at the club that some of the, the abuse getting getting flung around was was nothing short of ridiculous. And we said, you know, it's like calm down. You know, we're still very early in the season. There's lots more hockey to get played. And what do you know? Cardiff have been on a bit of a run since those two results. Certainly, the one on Saturday against the Belfast Giants. That's three wins uh, against them in the last ten days or so. That, that's huge for them. I think Cardiff are now starting to to hit the rhythm. Guys are finding the net. And we're really starting to see this Cardiff Devils team motor. I knew they would do this. They've done it the last couple of times. They're usually quite late and getting some rhythm. A bit later this year, certainly, 
I didn't see them getting to, to sort of mid-December before that actually happens. But here we are, and I really think you'll you start to see the, the Devils pick up some momentum, especially coming into a very busy festive period. And to top that off with a victory against Manchester on Sunday is ideal. And again, they're another team that will enjoy the turkey this week. Yes, uh, well, uh, Belfast uh, obviously are in, uh, in third position, four points off top spot uh, with two games in hand over, over Sheffield. Uh, obviously, defeat to Cardiff, but they did bounce back on Sunday with an away win at the Five Flyers by three goals to one. And uh, it was a bit of a mixed bag as well for the team currently sitting in fourth. That's the Guildford Flames. Uh, they beat uh, the Coventry Blaze following a shootout on Saturday. Um, and uh, then Guildford were beaten by Coventry by eight goals to three. We should say we've got Danny Stewart coming up on the show this week from a Coventry perspective. Uh, but uh, lost ground there for, for Belfast and for, and for Guildford. And we mentioned Glasgow earlier as well. I mean, Glasgow dropped down to seven following the weekend's results. So, um it's starting to stretch out a bit now. Uh, as you know, we've been talking Guildford up for weeks. It was bound to happen. Well, they, they took a pasting off somebody, and it so happened this week it was Coventry, who themselves have been going quite well recently. Certainly better uh, than they'd been previously. Belfast, a mixed bag, as you mentioned. I think one of the the positives was the fact their new signing Elgin Pierce um, got his first goal for the club since joining them from Dundee. I think he got two points in the game against Fife um, off the top of my head. So, you know, good weekend for him to integrate himself with, with his new teammates. As for the clan, the form's just been off the cliff right now. I, you know, the, the injuries are still affecting them. I think they were still missing. They were missing four players on Saturday. They started the game by missing three on Sunday. A fourth was added when Chad Rowe um, sort of fell and hit his head on the on the board. So I th- from what I hear from the club, I think that there could be he could be missing um, for for the short term at least. And this is it. You know, Fitzgerald's only been allowed to to bring in a couple of guys to to help supplement that a little bit. I personally think he needs a bit more help in that department, but that's just my opinion. Um, whether the power that be that the clan will allow him to bring in more, we'll have to wait and see. But he certainly does need a bit of help, especially if the guys that are out are going to be out for a reasonably significant length of time. But that's eight defeats and nine in the league now for the clan, which is why, as you said, Ben, they've gone from the, the sort of higher echelons of the table right down to seventh right now. They could have been eighth after last night if, uh, if Fife had beaten Belfast on Sunday. That didn't quite transpire, but they've got some big games coming up, which I'm sure we'll touch on with double header with Belfast and a Hogmanay clash against Fife. They need to get points out of those games. I think something will click soon um, in those clan players. You know, I watch them a lot, obviously, with my, my work with the Glasgow clan. I think they just. I think something's going to click. Something's going to happen, and all of a sudden, it's going to start falling into place again. But you can see Zach Fitzgerald. You know, he's. You know, he talked um, last night about. You know, he's he's looking at what he, what he's doing, and if he could change anything, if there's anything he feels he should be doing differently, and that's only natural for any coach in that position. Um, but we've got an interesting few days coming up. Yeah, uh, we will hear from the clan uh, closer to those uh, Challenge Cup semi-finals. I think in in mid January, uh, as well as the the head coaches at the the Steelers, Cardiff and Nottingham as well. It'd be good to hear from Nottingham Panthers. Uh, they've had a, a good weekend too. Uh, let's let's be honest. Six uh, one win over Dundee on Saturday, following that up on Sunday with uh, a three two win at Dundee. A good weekend for Nottingham and. Uh, they're, they're in fifth now, same number of points as Guildford, six points from top spot with two games in hand. 
Yep, and it just shows you, you know, the Panthers were another team that was struggling at the start of the season. They make a couple of big changes to their team and it, it's paying off dividends. That's taking them into the, the Continental Cup final as well, the, the top half of the table, a very tightly packed uh, top half of the table. You know, on you know, just when you look at it in first impression, mid-table doesn't look that impressive. But when you look at the points they've got and the teams that are around them, it's actually a better achievement than I think some people might give them credit for. But it just shows you, you know, Tim Wallace has went in there, he's, he's got an idea, a game plan, yeah, I mean, he's working with Guillaume Doucette as the, the head of uh, direct, um, hockey operations or director of hockey operations, whatever you want to call it. And, you know, they've come together, they've formulated a, a way of working and it's working for the Panthers. You know, they, they just need to get some big results along the way if they're to claw back on the, the teams above them. Um, those are the, the kind of games they have to go in and win. And then you look at Dundee, on the other hand. I think we spoke last week, or I've certainly written about it, the fact that Dundee's um, form has, has not been so good. I think it's nine or ten games on the trot now they've lost, but they're another team who've made a couple of changes um, in the hope that, that something can can spark them a little bit. Elgin Pierce was one player I mentioned. He's gone to Belfast fast. Justin Malin was other player that moved on. He's gone to Sona Yiska, who, funnily enough, will play Nottingham Panthers in the mm. Continental Cup final group next month. And um, that's the Danish team, of course. You know, I worry for Dundee. I think nine points is the difference between where they are at the bottom of the table to where Fife are in eighth place. And I think unless they can start pulling off a run of wins, and history will show you teams at the bottom of the table don't generally get themselves into a little bit of a run. I fear for Dundee, and I think the longer this continues, um, it's, it's going to be another season of disappointment for them and for Omar Pasha. Mm, they did release a statement last week as we went to air with the show, didn't they? Uh, saying about some uh, new players coming in and that kind of thing, as you alluded to there, uh, Craig. Yeah. So um, they, they are trying to address the situation, but it is one of them things at the moment. Uh, every, every team goes through ruts, don't they? Absolutely, absolutely. And, and can I just say, you know, Omar Pasha, having worked with him through the years with the various clubs he's been at, you won't find anybody who's desperate to make this work. Um, you know, he's had a bit of a, a checkered history in terms of reaching playoffs and things like that. He did it in the year he coached the, the Hull Stingrays, which so happened it was their last year in the Elite League. They got all the way to the playoff finals weekend. He took a Manchester Storm team into the, the, the playoff quarterfinals in the, the last weekend of the season just before he moved on. He's not been able to get Dundee into that top eight. And, you know, Omar Pasha will, will work tirelessly um, to, to address that situation, uh, knowing him as well as I do. And I hope it works out for him. I really do. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you mentioned the uh, the uh, Continental Cup, and uh, the the news is that if Nottingham do win that, then uh, the Elite Ice Hockey League could be rewarded with two places in next season's uh, Champions Hockey League. Uh, so uh, I think everyone in the league's going to say a big good luck to Nottingham. I know they would have anyway, but uh, just to just to reaffirm <laughs> that. Um, uh, well, oh, well, that on. was what happened last year with, with Belfast. Um, although they didn't actually win the Continental Cup last year, the, the Kazakhstan team who did win it, whose name completely escapes me at this moment in time, um, couldn't. Uh, couldn't commit to taking part in the CHL, which is why Belfast got their berth. So, which is why we saw the two teams this year. But yeah, that, that's that's normal practice for the winners of the, the Continental Cup to move into the CHL the, the, the following season. Panthers benefited, benefited from it a couple of years ago when they did win the Continental Cup. So they know what it's all about. Now, uh, obviously, we're recording the show a bit earlier this week. Uh, that was to try and get the show out before Boxing Day so you could have a, a decent preview. Uh, I think we're going to be back now in over a week's time because there's so many fixtures. Uh, uh, there's so much hard work's going in uh, into ice hockey over the festive period, that's for sure. Let's start off with Boxing Day's matches. Uh, Sheffield hosting Manchester, the Panthers hosting Coventry, Guildford hosting Cardiff and Fife will be travelling to near neighbours Dundee. Uh, whilst on Friday, 
We've got uh, the we've got Belfast taking on the Glasgow clan Saturday. A whole raft of games on Saturday. Uh, Manchester hosting Sheffield again. Uh, Glasgow hosting Belfast. Coventry hosting Nottingham, Cardiff hosting Guildford, and Fife hosting Dundee. And then on on uh, I'm losing track of time here. Uh, Monday, <laughs> uh, on Monday the 30th of December, Belfast hosting Dundee, and on New Year's Eve, a uh, New Year's Eve afternoon that is Glasgow hosting Fife, Nottingham hosting Sheffield, and Cardiff travelling to Coventry. The games over the festive period, manic. I think is the best way to describe it, Craig. Absolutely, and you know, going by experience, and, and those that listen will know of my history, having worked with the, the league previously. It's uh, it's quite a it's quite a lot of fixtures to come in, and you know, in the space of a few days. I think myself and my, my former colleague uh, Rob McGregor, we actually used to take turns about and writing a, a sort of daily roundup of of what had happened on the night. That way, we could still have family time as well. Um, so it's a bit of a big ask for everybody, but it keeps everybody entertained. One eye on what's going on, the other eye on whatever films on that night as yes. well. The festive <laughs> period. That's why we love it. Yeah, I was going to say, I didn't even consider uh, matches at January as well. New Year's Day, Sheffield hosting Nottingham, <laughs> Manchester hosting Guildford, Cardiff hosting Coventry. Whilst on thir- there's matches on Thursday, the 2nd of January, yep. everyone. Dundee yep. hosting Belfast and Guildford hosting Manchester. And then I think we could probably squeeze a show in on the 3rd. I think that's probably best at that point. But uh, blimey, what, what a schedule. We are going to know a lot more about this league table that we've been talking about uh, for for next week's show, aren't we? That's for sure. I think so. This is usually the time of year when you, you start to separate, dare I say, the men from the boys. Um, you know, you start to see who's really going to be up there and, and who's going to fall away a little bit. And it's always interesting, as as we say, because of the um, the scheduling and you know the fact some teams are maybe playing three games in four days or or, or or something crazy like that. Then you really start to see who's you know which of the cream is rising to the top. And I think, yep, yeah, I think we could be in a better position of knowing um, just what's going to happen as we head into the, the last couple of months of the season. I can't wait. I think it's going to yeah, be it's great. Going, it's going to be superb, <laughs> isn't it? Uh, and that's just the elite league. Uh, the National yeah. Ice Hockey League is certainly heating up. Uh, a good weekend for Telford once again. Uh, they've opened up a nine-point gap now between themselves and uh, the Swindon Wildcats. Uh, Telford with two wins over the weekend. Saturday beating Hull by five goals to two. And then uh, defeating Sheffield on the road by five goals to four in a bit of a thriller there. Um, which uh, did we mention? Did we speak to Sheffield last week? No, I don't think we did. I'll, I'll move on. Two weeks ago, it was. two weeks ben ago, was on two weeks ago. Yeah, two, yeah. two weeks ago, we spoke to Sheffield um, about. I think we we precursed that game as well. So there was certainly going to be a big encounter, and it proved the case in South Yorkshire on Sunday. But Telford getting the points on the board and uh, stretching the legs. What could Swindon do to respond? Uh, they were beaten on Friday against Sheffield by four goals to one, and uh, they were beaten by Bracknell. On Sunday by five goals to three. That's the nature of this division now. The teams down the bottom end, as we were discussing with Sam Zajac at Leeds, the, the teams down the bottom end are starting to find their feet now and they're, and they're, po- they're posing problems for the teams up at the top. Yeah, um, but if we can address uh, Telford um, to, to start with. They're nine points lead at this stage in the season and we've seen how cutthroat this league can be. You know, I think you're talking about what Swindon can do to, to address that. I think they're going to need to hope for some favours um, from some of the teams coming up. Um, it's going to be a big um, a big ask for them to try and claw that back. But, you know, you know what it's like. There's still plenty of games to play before we even look at that. But Telford have been going so, so well this year. It's hard to it's hard to ignore the, the achievement they have in, in getting not only getting to the top of what is a very difficult division, but opening the lead they have. And you can only see, you know, that you can only see them 
kicking on from here. Once you get that confidence, you get that momentum, it keeps you going. Yeah, you'll you'll stumble along the way. That's to be expected. That's the that's the nature of sport in general. Never mind um, ice hockey. But no, good for them to, to be up there. The teams at the bottom, Milton Keynes. I told you they're yes. starting to kick on now. They're up to seventh in the table. Um, Raiders getting a couple of wins over the weekend as well. Leeds have been picking up points, um, you know, recently too. So yeah, starting to bunch up a little bit. Um, Swindon losing the two games over the weekend that's a huge huge blow for them I think that's one um, that Aaron Nell's going to need to sit down and, and, and pour over and, and reach some kind of conclusion over how he can address that situation I think that's defeats in three of the last four if I'm not mistaken so you know a little bit of a rot setting in at Swindon and that's uh, something he's going to need to look at but th- this league you know as an outsider looking in it's fantastic to see how it's unfolded so far uh, Milton Keynes of course were visited by Rod Stewart the man himself um, oh. whose son Liam plays for them and Liam has been in great form this weekend. He got two goals and an assist in their two games over Basingstoke. So, so much happening. Um, you know, Milton Keynes starting to starting on a bit of a resurgence. So, hopefully, we can see them climb the table a little bit more. But yeah, um, it's going to be a, a busy, a busy um, spell for for these teams in this in this league, which is absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we should say uh, again, proving the point. Milton Keynes come on the show last week, and there you are, back to back wins over Basingstoke Bison. And happens every week. It doesn't happens, it? Every, happens week. every week. Uh, Unless, of course, you're the Leeds Chiefs. Uh, I mean, they're putting good performances, that's for sure. Uh, but uh, speaking yeah. of uh, the Leeds Chiefs, they were beaten, as you said, by the Raiders on Saturday. Uh, Raiders with two wins over the weekend, uh, one against uh, Leeds. They beat the Peterborough Phantoms, like you said earlier, six goals to two, a phenomenal result for, for the Raiders. And uh, we'll be hearing from yeah. Sean Eaton, uh, head coach at uh, the Raiders, later in the show as well. Uh, but just to cover off the matches for this week uh, in, in the uh, National Ice Hockey League, uh, Basingstoke by hosting Swindon on on Boxing Day. Uh, on Saturday, we've got Leeds hosting Telford. Big banana skin that for Telford. Swindon hosting Bracknell. Basie Stoke hosting the Raiders. Uh, Peterborough Phantoms travelling to Milton Keynes and Sheffield hosting Hull in the Yorkshire Derby. Whilst on Sunday, it's uh, the Raiders hosting Swindon. Hull hosting Sheffield. Basie Stoke travelling to Peterborough. Bracknell hosting Leeds. And Milton Keynes travelling to Telford. Another banana skin. Big weekend for Telford. And like you say, Swindon uh, looking for favours. And, and they might get it this weekend uh, based on those fixtures there. On Tuesday, uh, on New Year's Eve, Sheffield hosting Leeds in a Yorkshire Derby. And on New Year's Day, Swindon hosting Basie Stoke. And Peterborough hosting Milton Keynes Lightning. Just before we go, Craig, a special mention uh, for the Morrifield Racers, we had them on the show uh, a couple of weeks ago. Tony Hand, of course. Morrifield Racers uh, beat the Dundee Comets in the Stuart Robertson Cup final and uh, a bit of silverware there for the Edinburgh Club. Yep, and it just shows since they came into the SNL about a year and a half ago, they've really taken to it fantastically well. A very hard team to beat. Um, you know, they, they, they won, I think they actually won the lot last year. I could be wrong on that. But they've certainly had a trophy-laden um, life back in, in the SNL. They've got a bit of work to do in the league, right enough. They've only played five league games. Um, I think they're about fourth or fifth, if you look at the table. Solway Sharks are top with 12 wins out of 12. So quite a bit of an imbalance when you, you look at the number of games played among all the teams. But no, congratulations, Murrayfield. Another another piece of silverware in the cabinet. And they'll, they'll look to kick on from there. Still, for me, the team to beat in the SNL. Whether they can claw that league back, we'll have to... We'll have to wait and see. But no, well done to them. A great weekend uh, for them and their fans. Well, uh, Craig Addison from BritishIceHockey.co.uk. Uh, obviously, 
uh, over the next couple of days. We'll let you have time off. No worries at all. Oh, that's you don't post anything. Uh, Does but... the boss know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, I'm, I'm, I can't speak on his behalf. Uh, do check, do check with James before you do that. Uh, but yeah, uh, just to say, uh, loads of articles coming up though later in the week. I'd imagine with a very busy period for for ice hockey, and uh, you'll be just as busy as everyone else. I'd imagine. Yeah, I've, well, I've got one in particular lined up. I was hoping to get out this side of Christmas, but that's not looking possible right now. It's to do with ice hockey in here, um, so that, that's worth looking out for. I'm, that's all I'm going to say on that one. Um, but let's just say the future's looking quite uh, quite bleak for, for ice hockey in the town of Ayr, um, so that's something to, to look out for. Um, hopefully, it'll lead to something more positive in the long run, but for now, it's, it's a bit precarious at this moment in time. That's certainly the biggest one I've got on the go right now, and as I say, I'll try and get that out before the weekend. Certainly, not this side of Christmas. Um, other things are, are happening, like my annual viewing of Die Hard and, um, and and all the other stuff that goes with that. Don't forget Gremlins. Gremlins is also a very good Christmas film. Oh, of course, uh, yeah. But of course. Greg Anderson <laughs> uh, from BritishSideSucky.co.uk. A big thank you for joining us. You have a lovely, lovely Christmas, and we'll speak to you next week, my friend. Pleasure, sir. Thanks very much. Have a good one. Take care. BritishIceHockey.co.uk's very own Craig Anderson there speaking to us here on the British Ice Hockey Podcast. Still to come on this week's British Ice Hockey Podcast, later we'll be hearing from Head of Media and Communications at Ice Hockey UK, Chris Ellis, to talk about that upcoming Under-20s World Championships in Lithuania. And we're also going to be talking in the National Ice Hockey League as we're going to be joined by the head coaches at the Raiders and at Streatham. But before that, let's stick with the Elite Ice Hockey League. And as we were saying there, with Craig. It's been a cracking weekend for the Coventry Blaze and for more on the Midlands Club on Monday I caught up with their head coach here's Danny Stewart. Uh, well Danny a big thank you for joining us and uh, a big congratulations uh, for that victory on Sunday night. Uh, quite quite a Christmas gift you've given to the Coventry fans there. Yeah I know it was good it was good to be uh, you know the anytime you have a big performance like that at home it uh, it just creates a, a better vibe and a better feel but I think more importantly for our guys it's uh, you know, it was a big weekend for us. Obviously, we made the the, the change in, in in that, so it was it was important that we came out this weekend and played well in front of them, and we certainly did. I think we we played probably as well as we have um, defensively um, all season, and and at the same time, whenever we made those mistakes, we got key saves from them. So it was it was a very positive weekend altogether. And obviously, that, that followed up that that um, shootout defeat to, to the Guildford Flames, but uh, on Saturday. But generally, the 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 phones picked up a bit for for, for your guys, and uh, you've opened up a pretty big gap now between yourselves and and that that playoff line. Well, I mean, I I mean, for me, I I feel like we've played good hockey the majority of the season. We just, you know, we had that ten ten day to two week stretch there where. We lost the play-in game in the Challenge Cup, and then we dropped, I think, the next four in league. And um, it was kind of a, a tough stretch for us. But I think, I think you look around the league, and I think every team has gone through it um, slightly. So um, at the end of the day, it's a tough league. You know, you're going to have your ups and downs. And, you know, it, it was good to see us, I think, more importantly, come come through that and, you know, pick up nine of our last ten points. I was, I was going to. Say, I mean, the 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 problem is with you know you could look at the league table and because there's always four points available every weekend, the table can can flip on its head in, in a lot of ways. Um, so, but to get that level of consistency going, that that's that's key, isn't it? Yeah, no, you you got to find way to. I think pick up points every weekend. I think when you 
you know, you really feel it when you, when you go through weekends with, with nothing and um, other teams are picking up points, but you know, I think people are going to be jockeying for position. I think right till, till season's end, I think, you know, there's so many good teams in our league. Everyone's got the ability to beat each other. And I think with the travel, every team has to endure. I think it, you know, it, it makes teams more susceptible on the road to, to losing hockey games as well. And I, I just think the way the league's set up and with, with the, the jobs that every team has done recruiting wise this year, it's, it's such a good league. And I think, you know, it's, it's going to be an interesting second half. And we're heading towards that second half, obviously. And uh, we, what direction are you are you looking in now? Because, like I said, there is a a six point gap between yourselves and and Manchester Storm in in ninth. Um, you're not too far away from from that top four area. So, so which which direction of the table you're looking in at the moment? Well, we're certainly not looking to to move down. That's for sure. But uh, um, look, we we're we're just taking it one game at a time. You know, this Christmas stretch gets crazy for every team, and you know, you start you start focusing too much on the, on that table and where you're at, and you know, start stressing about results. That's when you, it affects your performances. So you know what we. Uh, we, we're just looking at this one game at a time. Obviously, a couple of days break here for the guys to get away, enjoy Christmas, and then you know we get right back to it with an early early start in, in Nottingham on Boxing Day, and it, it that's all our focus is right there. One game at a time in the next game. I mean, as a, as a head coach, because you've you, 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 there's less hockey time in there, I suppose, with, with regards to getting the boys on the ice for for practice and that and that kind of thing. But the the games do they're in a they're in a weird cycle, aren't they? Because you've got games on Thursday on, on Boxing Day, obviously a Saturday game. Then you play New Year's Eve and a New Year's Day. The, the, is that is that difficult to to adjust to that cycle? I, I don't I don't think the adjustments tough. I think if if anything, I think guys enjoy the breakup of the of the regular routine. Um, does it make it easier? And, you know, there's there's an argument to be made by that. But you know, you come in, you have a practice maybe two in in a week, but three or four games and. I think this time of year, you know, everyone should be on the same page and know what we're wanting to do. And obviously it's nice to have that extra practice time. But like I said, it, it maybe breaks up the monotony of, of that, that regular routine where you're, you know, three or four practices a week and you go into the weekend games and then do it over again. So, um, but the games come, come fast and heavy. I think, I think this year, obviously having the, the two games against Nottingham with a day in between helps a little bit. Um, and then obviously you got the two games in, or two days in between our next game against Cardiff and obviously back to back against them. But it's nice to have a little bit of a break. I think in, in, in years past, we've had the, the 26th, 27th, and then maybe one day off and then you're going back at it again. So, um, you know, I think that the games are a little bit more broken up this year for us. Um, the, the festive period, it's, it's a tricky one, isn't it? I mean, Nottingham, uh, a doubleheader against Nottingham over the next few days or so. And then those New Year fixtures against Cardiff. Uh, you're going to know a lot about, about where your boys are heading into 2020. Yeah, I know absolutely, and then we follow that right up with a with a doubleheader in Belfast. So, um, you know, it's it's we we you know we obviously targeted this this stretch. I think starting with Guildford here as probably the toughest stretch of our season. And um, but like I said, you you can look too far ahead. <laughs> you don't want to be thinking about Cardiff when not you're playing Nottingham and and, and so on. So we just got to take it one game at a time. And you know what? I think we've we've played a lot of good hockey against some of the. The, these teams already we beat Belfast we beat Nottingham we beat Cardiff a couple times you know if we're, if we're counting league and cup and so we have the ability to do it so we just again can't look too far ahead and, you know 
know, hopefully we can we can stay healthy during the stretch and, and focus in it one game at a time. Yeah, absolutely. And and finally, then Danny, obviously, uh, the I think uh, jubilant scenes and uh, a good atmosphere for the for the Guildford game on Sunday. Hoping for similar on Saturday's match against Nottingham. Yeah, I know. Certainly, it's it, it's a game changer for us. I, I'm sure every team would say it, but you know, the Sky Dome can be in a, an intimidating place for other teams if if it's rocking, but it can also be. Um, maybe a little bit easier place to play when there, there's not as many fans. And, and, and it goes both ways. Obviously, the, the better our performances are at home, the fans are going to come out. So we got to do our part. So so we're hoping, you know, we, we've had some good performances at home, some not so good ones. And um, But I think, you know, we're hoping that maybe the performance we had against Guilford will spark a little bit more um, excitement for these these Christmas fixtures and, and, and hopefully get, give us a big crowd against Nottingham. Obviously, they're just up the road and, you know, we're looking forward to, to hopefully some away, away support. It always creates a better atmosphere in the rank as well. Danny Stewart there, head coach at the Coventry Blaze, speaking to us here on the British Ice Hockey Podcast. Let's go now from the Elite Ice Hockey League to the National Ice Hockey League. And it was a particular good weekend for the Raiders. Back-to-back wins for the club from Romford, beating the Leeds Chiefs on Saturday by five goals to four. And then following that up on Sunday with a fantastic 6-2 victory over the Peterborough Phantoms. And on Monday, I caught up with the head coach at the Raiders. Here's Sean Eaton. Uh, well, Sean, a big thank you for joining us and uh, back-to-back wins over the weekend for the Raiders. Uh, a particularly good result against the Peterborough Phantoms on Sunday. Uh, how was your weekend? I felt this weekend we really showed our true identity. We, uh, we're in that playoff battle. We need to be picking up points on a more regular basis. And we just bought into the systems. We bought into how we want to play. Sunday, the first period, is the best hockey we've played all year. Um, and hopefully it gets us on a bit of a roll now. I was going to say, I mean, you did play um, Peterborough uh, last Sunday as well, and uh, you did score four past them, but you, you conceded six as well. So, so that's quite a turnaround there as well. That must be pleasing. It is. I mean, we've had injury issues. We've had we've had to sign four goalies this year because starting goalie gets injured, our second goalie gets injured in pre-season, out for the year, then our third goalie gets injured. So we've had a bit of a tough time with consistency, and when you're playing with not meant to be rude, but when you're playing with goalies that are covering for injuries, it's it's hard to kind of, especially in this league, teams can score goals for fun. So it's making sure from defensive point of view you're solid, but we've our injury woes haven't helped us along the way. Um, you, you mentioned that the the quality of the league and that kind of thing. Peterborough um, up towards the top end in third, a part of that 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 jostling that's going on there in that in that mid table area. Um, but I, I suspect that the the most pleasing victory is, is that one away at the Leeds Chiefs on on Saturday. Yeah, that was an important game. Um, looking at league table, they had three games in hand on us. If they won all three of it, they would jump ahead. Um, so. <laughs> As long as we're winning our little mini battles, our mini series against teams around us in the table, we're going to finish in a playoff spot. So them games against MK, against Bracknell, against Leeds, they're all four-point games, every game you play. And you have to treat it like a playoff mentality. I mean, what do you make of the of the division this season? Uh, I mean, obviously, it's a, a return to, to national competition for, for a lot of sides. Um, how have you found it this year, overall? Honestly, in my, in my opinion, I think it's probably the best league that we've been able to produce since the early days of the EPL. Like I said, anyone from 10th position to 1st position can beat anybody on their day. I mean, we've proved that. We've beaten Telford. We're the first team to beat them in Telford. We drew with them at Romford the night before. We've beat Swindon. We've now beaten Peterborough. We've we've beaten every team in the league. 
at least once. Um, and I'm sure like Leeds do a double against Basingstoke last week. It's it's a, a very good, unpredictable league where any team can go in and win a game. Feel, it feels like a very competitive league, especially when you know you can have four-point weekends like like you just had. Um, you can you can really start to claw points back, can't you? And and that's where it gets really interesting. That's it. I mean, from where we're sitting now in ninth position, we're only nine points adrift from third position. Um, Telford at the moment they're pulling away, but one bad weekend or one good weekend for a team below. That you just jump positions week on a weekend basis. It's that's how competitive the league is. And when it comes to ice hockey more generally in in that Romford area, obviously the the the, the club uh, returned to Romford uh, a couple of, a couple of years back. So so how, how's that side of things? How, how's the club developing back at Romford? Yeah, no, I mean we'd spent a few years at Lee Valley. The last year at Lee Valley, that's when I joined from Chelmsford. Um, the ambition was to always go back to the top flight of British hockey. Um, in our planning, it's happened a year earlier than what we expected, but we're flourishing from it. We're getting good gates. Um, we're competitive. We're quite a local team. Uh, we're not having to spend big money on what team we've got. So, no, we're doing we're doing well, and hopefully in years to come, our branding and our exposure will be a lot higher than what it is now. We can be a permanent fixture in the top end. I was going to mention about the branding and the, and the marketing side of things, uh, RaidersIceHockey.com. Um, it's a smashing website, and, and, the, and the branding, it's, uh, it's pretty distinctive, isn't it? It is. I mean, Romford Past has always been the golden blue, and it's a very like I say, it's a very loyal fan base. They've been through thick and thin, but it, it's a well-known brand back in the day. It's just making sure now we're keeping up with the big boys. Like Swindon's marketing is unreal. Um, Peterborough's marketing's unreal, so it, it's kind of making sure we're we're competing with them off the ice as well as on the ice. And uh, speaking of of uh, the, the likes of of Swindon, obviously this week um, the weekend to come, uh, no no game obviously on Boxing Day, but on Saturday and Sunday you've got some mighty games, haven't you? Basingstoke Bison uh, away on on Saturday, and then Swindon at home. Um, firstly, the, the Basingstoke trip, um, you've already demonstrated what you could do against uh, the likes of Peterborough, so you're a big banana skin for the Bison. Uh, yeah, I mean Basingstoke, it's a tough place to play. Basingstoke, I think. It's a big ice pad. It's intimidating with the crowd behind you. It's. Um, we, I don't think we've actually won a game in Bainstoke since we've since the leagues merged and the EPL dropped. Um, and we know that we we're focusing on. Like, we need to be grabbing points where we can. And Bainstoke away is a tough one. Uh, Swindon home. I'm happy that we can beat anybody at our at Romford. Uh, it's a hard place to play for any visiting team, but uh, with the support behind us. We can beat anybody here. I was going to mention the fact that you know that that Sunday game, um, Swindon. I've got a lot to play for. Uh, ho- hopefully, a big crowd down there at Romford. Hopefully, I mean, yesterday we had 800 people in watching the Peterborough game. Uh, like I think this time of year, from the festive period, people are off work, off school. Uh, we can uh, we can get a big crowd in and help us along the way. I mean, they're, they're slipping in some of their performances recently, and we're looking to capitalise on that. Raiders head coach Sean Eaton there speaking to us here on the British Ice Hockey Podcast and we'll be returning to the National Ice Hockey League on next week's show. But it's now time to go from the National Ice Hockey League now to South 1 
Streatham alongside the Solent Devils and the Chelmford Chieftains are in a right tussle up at the top of South 1 currently. It's, uh, there's just three points separating the top three in that division and uh, a good weekend for Streatham last weekend beating the Invicta Dynamos on the road by five goals to nil. Uh, let's hear a bit more about Streatham now and on Tuesday I caught up with their head coach. Here's Adam Carr. Uh, well, Adam, a big thank you for joining us and uh, a big Merry Christmas to you. It was a Merry Christmas on Sunday, a, a great victory over Invicta. How was how was your afternoon? Uh, yeah, it was good. We've, uh, well, firstly, thanks for the Merry Christmas, same for you. But yeah, no, it was good. It's, uh, it's always a tough place to play down in Invicta, but uh, we're 100% against them this year, so we're, we're in good form at the minute. So yeah, it was a good win and nice to get a shutout in their ring as well. It's always nice. So yeah, it was a solid performance, I thought. Now it's been a, it's been a, a very solid performance, more generally uh, for for Stratum. Obviously, it's been a it's it's quite a, a race up at the top. It's a, it's a free horse race at the moment. I mean, what 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 do you make of it? Yeah, it's it's like you say, it's tight at the top. Uh, my predictions at the start of the year were probably Chelmsford were going to be our closest rivals. I thought. Obviously, I came into the job expecting to. My goal was to win everything we played for, and I thought Chelmsford would be our closest competitors. But Solent have certainly doing really well this year. Like they beat us on our home ice, so that was. That was a, I wouldn't say a shock because we saw the form they were in, but uh, they're certainly doing well now. They'll certainly be up there at the end of the year. So I think at the minute we've just got to focus on ourselves, and we, like I say every week, we just take it one game at a time. We can't certainly can't get ahead of ourselves. Like I say we're not invincible. We lost to Solent the other week, so yeah, it's all good. We've just got to focus on ourselves, keep playing the way we're playing. I think uh, I think we'll do okay. Now, how how is this season uh, shaping up versus your own expectations? Because uh, I should I should have mentioned, you know, you're through to the the South Cup final as well, where you'll be taking on uh, in victory in February over two legs. Uh, so the season's certainly developing quite nicely for the club. Yeah, I think it is. Like you say, when like I say, when I took the job uh, at the start of this year, I, I said to Graham, our owner, I said, uh, I'm coming in with the intention intention of winning everything. So. I expect us to be challenging for everything. and It's nice to be in a cup final. It's certainly nice for the club to be challenging for still work because it's been a long time since the, the club have won anything. I know there's a the place I've grown really fondly of in a short space of time because uh, there's a lot of great people in the club and I think they deserve they deserve some success. So, But yeah, it's sort of, the season's shaping up kind of how I expected, I think. Uh, I expected us to be up challenging. There was a lot of talk of us sort of going unbeaten and things like that, which I heard from a few people, which I never certainly expected because no one's going to let you win any night. So, so yeah, I think we're, I'm pleased with the way we've been playing. I think the boys are certainly bought in how how I want us to play. So, yeah, I've been really pleased this year. It's gone well. And uh, you mentioned the fact that that Streatham's not not won uh, well as as it won that much silverware in in recent years. And on this show, we we speak to clubs, and you know, I, I say oh, they're, they're a grand old name because they were founded in the sixties or in the in the fifties or the like. Nineteen thirty two, Streatham was founded. I mean, it's it is a grand old name. What what's life like at, at the club at the moment? Yeah, it's it's really good. Like I say, I've I've gotten really fond of the place since I joined. Uh, obviously, my brother played here before me, and uh, he told me. Like great things about the place. Uh, you've got Graham and Dawn running it here, just fantastic owners. They've got the, the just people down there with real good intentions. There's no agendas at the club. It's all about just putting a team on the ice. And uh, like you say, they've got an amazing history and there's been some amazing players there in the past. So I was honoured when I got asked to go and actually sign for them from uh, with Corny, well, three years ago now. And to be able to coach the team is just it's something I never thought I would do, let's put it that way. So yeah, it's a real pleasure to be at the club. and really enjoying it there. And a good fan base as well. 
Yeah, the real, real, real diehard fans there. Everywhere we go, they're there with the drums and that. And I remember, I, I think I only visited the old rink once before it was uh, refurbished, and that was some uh, some place to go. So, uh, but yeah, they they're there every week and cheering us on, and it's they're really good. And that support is going to be needed for your next league game. Um, I mean, it's a, it's a big one, isn't it? On Saturday, January the fourth, uh, Solent away. Um, I mean, that's that's huge at this stage of the season. Uh, what, what's what's your thoughts heading into the new year and and that fixture in particular? Yeah, it's obviously a massive game for us. Uh, let's say last time at our place, we lost three two, but I think we outshot them. I think it was sixty six to sixteen. So they they came with a with a game plan and fair play to them. They they deserve something from the game, but uh, I haven't actually been to this rink, uh, but I've heard a lot about it. So uh, I think it should be an interesting game. They're obviously gonna, they've got a big home ice advantage with the size of the ice, and but I think we'll we'll adapt our game, and uh, I, I think all the boys are already looking really looking forward to it. And uh, just just closing things off, then Adam, just uh, just generally, obviously it's 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 relatively early in your in your head coach spell at, at Streatham. Uh, but what what is your your aim, not just this season, but but seasons going forward as well? What do you think Streatham can achieve? Uh, well, certainly this uh, this season we want we're aiming for four trophies. That's what we're that's what we're playing for, and uh, that's what we aim to get. I know it might be a bit of a tall order to win four trophies in one year, but it's certainly something we're aiming for. It's something that. Every time I've played, I've always played to win, and uh, I'm, I've never seen much point in doing it otherwise. So, but uh, going forward, who knows? To be honest, it's obviously my first year coaching. Uh, I've really enjoyed it. It's nice to it's nice to pick your own team and see what you do in training, sort of come out in the games. So I've really enjoyed it. So we're just focused on this year, obviously at the for now, and then see what happens next year. I think. Adam Carr, their head coach at Streatham, and you can find out more about the club. That's at streatham-hockey.co.uk. That's nearly it for this week's British Ice Hockey Podcast. But just before we go, some great news uh, for the international game and for the upcoming Under-20 World Championship. And it's been announced that all Great Britain Under-20 games at next month's championships in Lithuania will be shown live on free sports. And for more on this news, on Monday night, I caught up with Head of Media at Ice Hockey UK. Here's Chris Ellis. Uh, so, Chris, uh, a big Merry Christmas and uh, thanks for coming on the show. And, uh, well, it's obviously a busy period for, for a lot of ice hockey teams, but all ice hockey fans should be wetting their lips in anticipation for this uh, under-20 tournament taking place uh, in early January. And it's going to be live on Free Sports as well. Yeah, absolutely. Merry Christmas to you and, and all your listeners. Uh, it's fantastic. Free Sports are unbelievable in their support for, for Great Britain. It started many years ago with, with the support for, for GB men at, the, at their tournaments uh, on Premier Sports and since the launch of Free Sports, that's continued. Uh, they've covered the junior tournaments uh, with regularity. Last year, there was a major achievement, which was fantastic, where the women's tournament was shown live, or GB women's games from, from Dumfries at their World Championships were shown live. Uh, and once again, uh, Free Sports have, have stepped up to the plate uh, and they're going to show that this tournament it's a massive tournament for the for the gb youngsters uh, you know will they get promoted that's the big question can they get out of division two into division one that would be fantastic but you know just just think back a while you know you might have been able to have got some some updates maybe by the IIHF website more recently webcasts have been a great invention uh, but to have the games live on 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 free to air television as well 
Uh, it's not behind a paywall or anything on free-to-air television. Uh, the credit must go, to, you know, to free sports on this one for for just investing in 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 GB ice hockey. It's fantastic. And what's what does this mean? Do you think for the for the players as well? Because it's it's just another level of exposure, isn't it? That the, that you don't really get in 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 most other sports. No, ab- absolutely, and and you just can see by by their reaction on on social media how exciting they are. And I I, I touch back to the women's tournament, uh, the excitement they had because I mean they've never been shown before. The GB Junior program has been shown before, but the women and and the excitement they had that they were going to be able to see their talent on television and also inspire a, a generation. And and I touch on the women again. You know, we had people on social media who say, you know, my daughter loves hockey. She loves men's hockey. But to see the women on a, on a major stage was fantastic. So, so that really brought it home. And going back to the, the under-20s as well, it's, again, it's, you know, young people, you know, they, they'll relate to these juniors. They're, they're close in age, you know, at, at the age they are. So, you know, they'll look at them and go, well, I can be that young kid. You know, maybe they're perhaps nine or ten just starting on their ice hockey journey, maybe making the, the conference system or, or whatever, maybe just playing for their junior club. And they can look and go, look, in a few years, time that could be me and before that that wasn't widely available but thanks to free sports and their their various uh production company partners uh, this is now showcased as i say on free-to-air television and it, it can inspire a generation of, of young ice hockey players yeah it's brilliant stuff uh, i should say the tournament starts on on the 6th and runs through to the 12th of january and uh, gb taking on the host lithuania uh, japan romania serbia and spain um and uh, aaron, um, aaron murphy will be there uh, providing the commentary and that kind of thing and that that leads me on to free sports coverage more generally. We've seen the midweek games being covered. I mean, that's the the level of exposure they're bringing to the game more generally is is out of this world at the moment. It's it's remarkable. As I say, I, I can talk about it from a GB point of view, uh, which is fantastic. Obviously, they they cover as part of their sister station as well, Premier Sports, a lot of NHL, Swedish ice hockey. Uh, they had the CHL, the Champions Hockey League, and and covered Cardiff and Belfast progress there. And then of course the regular games in the Elite League every Wednesday, or or not quite. I wish it was every Wednesday. It'd be fantastic for the sport. But many Wednesdays Wednesdays throughout the season, you've had the live games. Recently, they focused on the on the Challenge Cup and the the exciting, you know, getting to a climax now. And and soon they'll announce who will be their semi-final live games, which will take place in January. So it's great, you know, with my GB hat on it, it's fantastic. They've been supporters for a long time, but looking wider across the league, they, you know, as I say, it's the elite league stuff that that brings it down. I mean, I remember a quote I saw or just a comment on on social media somewhere where there was an, an elapsed fan who who basically said, I watched the game the other night. Uh, I've not been to a game for five years. It was fantastic. Uh, you know, I'm going to go to my, my local ring. Can't remember who the fan was and, and which team they supported, uh, but it does show. And I know there's a real balance. Some people talk about bums on seats and live television coverage, but if you kind of want a stark explanation about why it's so good, it's the way you can get into people's living rooms and, 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 and enti- you know, entice them to, to come and watch the game. And, and free sports do that fantastically. Chris Ellis there from Ice Hockey UK. And for all the latest developments when it comes to the international game, you can visit the website icehockeyuk.co.uk. But that's it for this week's British Ice Hockey podcast. A big thank you to all my guests for joining me on this special final British Ice Hockey podcast of 2019. On behalf of everyone at britishicehockey.co.uk, we hope you all have a lovely Christmas at home and uh, we'll be back 
for the first show of 2020 next week. But in the meantime, for all the latest goings on from the world of British Ice Hockey, you can visit the website britishicehockey.co.uk. But I've been Ben, and wherever you're going this week to cheer on your British Ice Hockey side, make sure that you have fun. Bye-bye. Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.